WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Good morning, everyone. We're going to start today on mass transit. All aboard for a ride with our transportation reporter, Stephen Nesson. Why are we taking this trip today? Because the transit news is piling up again, and we know it's the lifeblood of our region, and so many of you depend on it, and you like talking about mass transit. We know from your calls and texts and everything. One development, Governor Hochul, in her budget proposal released this week, has a crackdown on fare beating. It's escalating fines for multiple fare beating offenses, but also incentives for those fare beaters like OmniCards, for them, some of those who commit second offenses, and half-price fair fares cards for those who qualify. The MTA estimated in 2022 that it was losing $700 million a year from fare and toll evasion. They're also putting in a new kind of gate at subway stations designed to make fare evasion harder. We'll take your early experiences with that if you've had any. And New Jersey, you're in the fare evasion deterrence game, too. We'll hear about Stephen's recent reporting on a novel approach to beating the fare beaters on the PATH trains. Also, Governor Hochul announced support in principle for extending the 2nd Avenue subway to also run Crosstown on 125th Street from 2nd Avenue all the way west to Broadway. And then there's the summer shutdown plan for stretches of the lowly G train. Will the improvements on the much maligned Brooklyn-Queens line be worth the disruption? And is there any other way? So to talk about these stories and maybe more is WNYC and Gotham is transportation reporter Stephen Nesson, known affectionately on X by his handle, just your friendly neighborhood transit reporter. Hi, Stephen. Always good to have you on the show. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And let's start with these new subway entrance gates. Where have they been installed so far? And for people who haven't seen them, what do they look like and how do they work? So um, they are at the Jamaica Supfin Station. That's like the one of the busy stations where folks can transfer to go to the airport. Um, and the MTA installed a, like a whole bank of them. Uh, and they're pretty cool. Um, very modern looking. They have sort of like a, I almost call it like a saloon door style look to them. Um, you know, those like little paddle doors that you go through. Um, and so, you know, it's part of the MTA's effort. They say, you know, one of the reasons, and as you mentioned earlier in the introduction, fare evasion is like one of the big problems. And at fair gates, at turnstiles, is where a lot of that obviously is happening. And so they believe with better design, they can reduce fare evasion. So this is supposed to be one of the efforts, you know, to address that. Like folks are, you know, you remember the old Batcock style 
where you see people do this sort of like cool walk where they like just step right over the turnstiles. <laughs> yeah. um, so these don't have that, so you can't do that. And they're slightly higher, so it's harder to like do a, a you know gymnastic leap over them or go under them for that matter. Um, but as I know you're going to bring up, and I've certainly seen the videos online, uh, these have also, you know, New Yorkers have cracked the code pretty quickly on how to evade the fare on these turnstiles um, by like waving your hand over part of the sensor and they open open sesame. Um, yeah. So let, let me take a step back and talk about the yeah. early success and that hack that you were just describing that people uh, have seen, uh, many people have seen on, yeah, some viral vi videos that are going around. Um, I saw New York One quoting transit officials saying fare payments are up 20% at that Sutphin Boulevard, Archer Avenue, JFK Airport station since they installed those gates there this, the last month. Do you have that too? Or do you think that number is yeah. a reliable indicator of how well they might work? I mean, that's what the MTA says. Um, you know, I asked them also, can you confirm that? And they said, yeah, that's right. Um, I did ask, you know, because it's the holidays, that's a very busy station for commuters traveling. Is it just possible that, you know, the increase in people paying has to do with the increase in ridership at that time of year? Uh, and we need to drill down on that a little, a little more to see if there's really a 20% increase. But that is what the MTA is saying, and which would be big for them. Yeah, that's that's big if that could be replicated. Um, and that's for people who don't know that station, that is a big station. That's where you switch for um, uh, the air train. The and that's where the courthouses are in Queens. So that's that's a major hub right there. But there are these viral videos going around. I think one in particular that's been really widely shared, showing people defeating the gate and beating the fare anyway. So describe that in more detail. Um, I, <laughs> I guess you need to see the video, uh, but, uh, my understanding is there's just like a certain sensor and when they touch it, it triggers the door to open. Um, no. is it, is more is than that, that an electronic, I, is that an electronic programming, um, thing that they could fix or is there a big flaw in the design of the gates overall, as far as you could tell so far? Um, I mean, the MTA says they're going to look into it and see what they can do about it. Um, you know, this is not like I, I should say the MTA is looking for the next turnstile of the future. And this is just one prototype that they sort of are doing as a pilot in one station. Um, there's a similar one, actually, at Atlantic Avenue. Uh, there's just one of them. And I haven't heard about the same issue there. Um, so need to look into this further. I need to find out what the MTA is doing about it. But I can say, you know, they're actually looking for a, another type of turnstile. Maybe it's that one, but. Um, they haven't committed to installing those across the entire system yet, but they are looking for the next turnstile, uh, and ideally one that isn't triggered with, you know, touching a sensor in the wrong way. Interesting. They haven't had the problem at the Brooklyn location. They have had the problem at the Queens location. You know, Stephen, we Queens people are very creative. Listeners, uh, who has a story or a question about fair evasion? Anyone have a true confession you want to share? from the recent or distant past, maybe from this morning, or anything on how to beat the fair beaters and Governor Hochul's latest plan, 212-433-WNYC, or anybody who's used the stations with the gates, 212-433-9692. Or you can call about other things, transportation, 
for your friendly neighborhood transit and transportation reporter, Stephen Nesson, Second Avenue Subway to also become the 125th Street Crosstown, perhaps, summer disruptions for upgrades on the G train. Anything else? We're going to hear a caller bring up congestion pricing in just a minute. 10th anniversary of Vision Zero, 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692 for Stephen Hour, uh, stalwart and friendly transit reporter, 212-433-9692, call or text. And Mark in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC. Hi, Mark. Hi, thanks. I love your show. Thank you. I'm just really outraged that they have the audacity to say they lost $700 million, and yet they're talking about congestion pricing. If they would just fix the problem, it seems like that might really adjust the price for their proposed congestion pricing. Thank you so much, and have a good day. Mark, thank you very much. Yeah, and I guess if you compare the numbers, if they were able to end all fare beating and toll beating, and that's $700 million, if they'd be able to capture all that money, that is almost as much revenue as the congestion pricing fee is supposed to bring, which is a billion dollars a year. So has the MTA heard that question framed that way? Uh, They've heard every question framed every way, that's for sure. Um, You know, to their point, um, to the caller's point, I should say, Yes, the MTA says it loses nearly $700 million a year. And that's not just subways, that's subways, buses, tolls as well. Um, you know, it's actually, you know, if we break it down, it's $315 million on the buses. That's the highest loss for the MTA. You know, they say one in three bus riders doesn't pay the fare right now. Mm. Uh, that's the biggest loss. $285 yeah. million is for the subways and about $46 million on bridges and tunnels and 44 million on the commuter rails. So it's, you know, everyone across the board is skipping out at some point, but you know, just to the caller's point, congestion pricing, that money is only for subway improvements, making, you know, adding new signals, buying new train cars, capital improvements, second Avenue subway, whereas the fares go into the operating budget. So it is slightly, you know, they need money to make repairs. Of course, they also need money for the operations. But it is a separate pool of money. What can they do about the buses? You know, there's one question I keep posing to the MTA over and over again, and I never get a satisfactory answer. And that's why don't they turn on the Omni readers in the back of the bus? Uh, you know, I'm not a transit expert. I'm just a transit reporter. But I, I ask, you know, Transit President Richard Davey, can't you just flip the switch? <laughs> At least make it slightly easier for people who do want to pay. Uh, and I've never gotten a satisfactory right. answer as to why they haven't done that yet. But yeah. you mean uh, so you could go in the back door as well as the front door, right? Because a lot of folks I talk to get you know it's a crowded bus. They get in on the back. There's no they're not going to muscle their way to the front to pay, uh, and nobody's checking. You know, to a certain extent, they do have eagle teams that are you know su- supposedly doing a lot of checks nowadays. But um, yeah, I think it, partly it's hard to pay. I think partly it's a lot of students that don't pay. Uh, and as the MTA would say, there's sort of it become a culture of not paying in New York City that they're trying to break. You know, a third of people not paying their fares on the buses, it makes me feel like a fool. Because when, when I ride, one of my lines is the select bus service, number seven, that goes near my house, uh, not number seven, um, 
uh, I forget the number, but it's from around where I am and across Fordham Road in the Bronx, right, in the select bus service. I'm always the 12th, and I'm so careful to dip my Metro cards, use Metro card for that to get the uh, the little receipt that you get, mm-hmm. lest one of the inspectors come on randomly, like I've actually seen happen, and check yeah. that you have the receipts on the select bus service, and, yeah. uh, you know, and that's, that's a big fine, and who wants... Who wants that humiliation either, but wow, a third. So maybe Omni readers on the back door would, would help that. Um, Perhaps, but, but, but I I don't know. There's gotta be something else. In fact, let's see what Chuck in Riverdale in the Bronx has to say about this. Chuck, you're on WNYC. Hello. Hi, uh, thank you, Brian. Love your show. I really feel the buses should be free, especially in the quarters where there's a lot of low-income New Yorkers, such as myself. And um, and I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for congested pricing. Let's go. Let's do it. Should have been done five years ago. And I think it's kind of not nice for Mr. Uh, Governor Hochul to talk about the fare evasions when she should she just raised the fares on us. I'm a MetroNorth user. My monthly pass went up. And as a monthly pass user, why can't my monthly pass be a all pass for subways and buses? We have to find a better way to treat our New Yorkers safely and respect because it's very expensive to live in the city. And she wants my vote coming next election. She better stop trying to go after black and brown people with these fares. Thank you for your call, Chuck. So is criminal justice reform responsible for some of these losses um, because government has decided that the social cost of enforcement and the way that Chuck references is worse than the financial cost of fair beating? Uh, I would not say that. <laughs> um, I would not say that. Um, and to the caller's point, I do I, I do have a couple comments. One, the governor did uh, actually institute five free bus routes, one in every borough, as sort of an experiment to see what happens. Um, I think that's going to run out pretty soon, but it should still be underway. Uh, you can search for that. Um, and, you know, they did free buses during the pandemic as well, during some of the early years. Uh, and they did see a real boost in ridership. Um, but the MTA said, you know, that's not affordable. It costs them a lot of money to do that. They still rely on fares, you know, as I mentioned, for the operating budget. You know, to your criminal justice question, uh, my colleague Bahar Ostadan did some really incredible reporting recently uh, about the... Um, about the fare evasion crackdown from the city. Uh, really interesting. You know, she reported the NYPD overtime pay for extra officers in the subway went from four million in 2022 to 155 million this year. Wow. Uh, so that's you know, it's not just fare evasion, but a lot of that is that. You know, they issued 34,000 more summonses. You know, last year through September, which was like 160 percent more than the year before. Um, and you know, there's always the question of who's being targeted. Uh, and she found the vast majority of New Yorkers ticketed and arrested for fare evasion this year. Uh, you know, 82% ticketed, 92% arrested were not white. And that's according to NYPD data. Um, so, you know, when they talk about cracking down on fare evasion, um, there are these other consequences. Um, and I don't think it has anything to do with criminal justice reform seems like almost the opposite, really. (laughs) Zach in Crown Heights, you're on WNYC. Hi, Zach. 
Hi, Brian. Nice to talk to you again. What you got? Um, I like, I probably pay for the subway, like maybe like three times a year. Um, take it pretty regularly. It's, uh, in part, I find that obviously like the services are pretty deplorable. Um, and more so it's just like ease, bare ease. Like I've, there's so many times where I've stepped over the turnstile. I'm pretty tall. So it's a pretty seamless act. Um, and there'll be police standing right there looking at their phones. So it's like, and I've, I've in, in my time living in New York, I've, gotten the ticket once for hopping the turnstile and they dropped it because the officer didn't write whether it was AM or PM. Huh. So, <laughs> so between the, <laughs> yeah, just between the absolute ease and then just like, I have a car too. And like the, that mixed with the congestion pricing and just kind of like the expense of that compared to what I'm getting, I'm willing to, yeah, I'm willing to risk it. So are you suggesting that they should make it harder for you or are you suggesting that um, you actually don't care that you're depriving the MTA of your affairs because the service doesn't warrant it? Yeah, and there's a, definitely a, a large part of me that I don't think I'm the only one. I don't think that if I, if me and all these other New Yorkers were paying the fare every time, I don't think that the service would improve. Jack, thank you very much. True confession, Stephen. How about that? I yeah. I mean, I I see it every day when I take the subway. You know, it's it is across the board. Like I will I'll transfer to station and just watch three people in a row. You know, just looking at their clothing, all walks of life, all backgrounds. Um, you know, as as Chairman Lieber likes to say, you know, six dollar latte drinkers can afford to pay the the fare. Um, but it, for some people, I guess like the caller, it's, you know, a moral choice. They don't believe in paying for, um, you know, the service. I guess we live in a society though, right? It's, we vote, like, we pay our, our subway fees and, uh, we may not like it every time, but it's part of the social contract of living in the city. Yeah. Stuart and I'm sorry, Ryan in Sunset Park. You're on WNYC. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for taking my call. I wanted to bring up the issue of license plate defacement. I'm a driver. I see so many cars on the streets in New York with their license plates defaced or covered up or with the illegal covers. And uh, it's something we often don't hear about. And, you know, I would imagine that just with the price of tolls and with congestion pricing going into effect, uh, it has a, an even greater effect on the um budget and, and uh, you know, stealing money from, uh, from services. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I was going to do it too. So, Stephen, they say $700 million in fare and toll evasion each year. Right. And so Ryan's the first person to mention the tolls portion of that. Um, mm -hmm. Do you know, do they tell us how much of the $700 million is from beating tolls in the city and how people get away with that? Yeah, I mean the the MTA estimates they lose forty six million dollars at the bridges and tunnels through various kinds of uh, evasion, toll evasion there. Um, and in Governor Hochul's plan that you're mentioning, um, how she wants to increase the fine for fare evasion, they also really want to 
increase the fine for toll evasion with obscured plates or you know intentionally covering plates i think right now it's also like a hundred dollar fine she wants to increase it to a maximum of five hundred dollars um and wants to increase the minimum fine to two hundred and fifty dollars so that would be you know a higher penalty uh but sure like i think you know for congestion pricing to work they need to like catch people who are not paying with easy pass with their license plates um, and there's certainly been a lot of reporting about the ghost plates that were easy to get during the yep. pandemic and are still easy to get and just folks intentionally covering it with, you know, shields and stuff, um, little plastic colored shields. But the MTA has started to crack down on this. They say, um, last year, you know, they did a 50% increase, um, in intercepted vehicles that, you know, had toll issues. Um, they issued, you know, a lot more summonses last year than the year before. So I think they are ramping it up. Um, but anyone that's been on the streets knows that it, it is an ongoing issue. You should see the texts coming in in response to <laughs> our caller, Zach. Uh, <laughs> if Zach doesn't think the subway service warrants paying for it, he should stop using it. Simple. Uh, someone else. People like this need to live somewhere else. Disgusting. Um, but But here's a thought. A listener texts how much more in city taxes would we all have to pay to make the subway system free would it be fifty dollars more a year writes the person suggesting maybe it's not actually a lot of money per person to then eliminate fares altogether and pay for it through taxes income taxes whatever taxes have you seen anybody crunch those numbers no, but, um, you know, I can tell you just roughly off the top of my head, you know, the, the MTA's operating budget uh, is, let's see, I don't have it exactly, but it's several billion dollars, like, you know, nine, sorry, $19.3 billion uh, in 2022, and it goes up. So it's like, maybe, but I don't know if we're going to find $19 billion to cover all the costs of workers and you know, train maintenance and all, you know, all the expenses that come with, you know, running a transit system. Uh, I just don't, I, I'm not the, I'm not the comptroller, but yeah. uh, I guess if we right. could find $19 billion in the budget, maybe. And the MTA is not just funded by um, bus and subway fares in the city. It's also Long Island Railroad and all the Metro North lines. Um, so imagine being the politician to propose raising taxes in car country, and maybe even in the city, um, to pay for mass transit. Let's right. Sorry. Some, something like twenty-three percent. Something like twenty-three percent of the MTA budget comes from fares, and twelve percent yeah. comes from tolls. So it's still a fair amount, nearly half. Um. Just before we move on to other topics, the governor's new enforcement plan, at least this is the proposal, increases fines from $100 for each offense today to $100 for the first and second times, then $150 for the third offense, then $200 for the fourth offense. But on that second offense, they'll give you a $50 Omnicard to try to convert you to being a paying customer. I right. wonder if that would work on Zach from Crown Heights or anybody else. And there's also another interesting detail. Um, it, you know, part of the governor's proposal is they'll allow the Transit Adjudication Bureau to forgive a summons if 
a person enrolls in the Fair Fares program. Remember, that's the city program to offer half price metro cards to low income New Yorkers. Yes. Um, and that is like really underutilized. Only like a little more than 300,000 people have enrolled, but the city believes 900,000 people would qualify for it. Uh, and there is, you know, funding for more people to sign up. It's not necessarily well advertised, but uh, I think they don't want fare evasion to be a crime of poverty. And a listener texts, fare beating seems just as endemic on path trains. And you did some reporting recently on a novel approach to trying to beat the fare beaters on the path system. What'd you see? Yes. Yes. Uh, I wish we had the, the audio available. It's, uh, it's really something extraordinary to hear. Um, but basically on the path train, uh, there's, uh, like if you get too close to the turnstile, a very old school, very like 1980s sounding robot says something like, stop, you must pay the fare. (laughs) And if Hmm. you continue to try to go through it, it like escalates and like an alarm goes off. Um, very old school, the paths, you know, the folks at path say, you know, it's very, a low-tech approach to deterring uh, fare evasion. They have, you know, obviously they have a problem as well. Uh, I don't think it's quite as severe as the MTA's problem, at least cost-wise. Interesting. And here's kind of a big picture take from a listener who texts, has anyone studied the phenomenon of fare evasion through the context of a culture of individualism in America? When I visited Japan, they write, I never saw anyone skipping fares or the like, although their gates make it more difficult. Interesting, right? Maybe it's beyond the scope of your beat as uh, as a transit reporter, but, well, you know, yeah, American as, individualistic as culture. Observer, yeah. yeah, yeah. As an observer of culture as well, I just came back from Austria and Switzerland. Uh-huh. And you can, you know, you can buy a ticket and virtually nobody checked it the whole time. So it's really, really on the honor system there, um, which was fascinating. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think there's something, at least to New York anyways. I don't know about the whole country. All right. We've got about five minutes left. Then Senator Gillibrand is getting ready to go as our next guest for a monthly Call Your Senator segment. We're going to talk about developments in the Middle East as pertain to U.S. policy in particular and other things with Senator Gillibrand coming up in just a few minutes. We have these few minutes still with our transportation reporter, Stephen Nesson. Uh, let's talk about the governor's support for a 125th Street crosstown extension of the 2nd Avenue subway. How new is this idea? It's pretty new. Um, the MTA put out this report this year. They call it the 20-Year Needs Assessment sort of like a real deep dive analysis about what they're going to need in the next 20 years, what's like the best way to spend their money in like what order, you know, Um, and an extension of the second Avenue to eighth Avenue uh, actually came out as like a pretty good program. They concluded that, you know, connecting the queue to seven other train lines would be more cost effective than sending it downtown for a downtown extension. Uh, the MTA estimated by, I think, 2045 that the West Harlem extension uh, would serve like 239,000 daily riders and save them up to four minutes per trip. Uh, you know, this comes, of course, as the second phase of the Second Avenue subway hasn't even broken ground yet. So we're really getting ahead of our skis here. Um, but uh, my understanding is, you know, once the, the machinery is underground and in the tunnels, it might be more cost efficient to just 
keep it going uh, and and keep extending it. Of course, it's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, I think the second phase is pegged at $7.7 billion. And the federal government has agreed to cover almost half the cost of that. Hmm. But the third phase, Hochul was saying, could cost $8.1 billion. And there's no federal grant for that yet. It is amazing that there's no crosstown train, only buses above, I guess, 63rd Street, right, is probably the most northern point where a subway cuts around from west to east. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, that is really when you consider that Manhattan goes up to like 220th Street and people use mass transit all throughout for the northernmost crosstown option to be at 63rd Street, it really is pathetic. I could see the value (laughs) of 125th Street crosstown line going, going west to Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, it would be exciting. G-Train. What's happening this summer? The G-Train, let's see. Um, Make sure I get the dates right for you. So the MTA wants to close down the G-Train from Court Square to Nassau Avenue. uh, And that's going to be from end of June, June 28th to July 15th. And then it's going to close another section, Court Square to Bedford-Nostrand from July 5th to August 12th. And then Bedford-Nostrand to Hoyt-Skimmerhorn from August 12th to September 7th. And my understanding is, you know, these shutdowns are for revamping the signal equipment, modernizing it, upgrading it, uh, you know, to the modern CBTC, like we have on the L train, on the 7 train. Um, it, you know, as my editor Clayton Guza was saying, the, it, it feels like a little bit of a bait and switch because the MTA just boosted service on the G train on the weekends. And now they're going to completely cut it off uh, for those weeks during the summer. But um, you know, those signal upgrades really go a long way. Like, you know how good the L train can be when it's really, when it's really cooking. Um, and same with the seven train when, when it's working. Yeah. Uh, so there are going to be, I think three different, uh, periods of time this summer, if they go through with it as planned, where stretches of the G train are going to be closed for those weeks at a time. Yeah. I think it's like a total of six weeks um over the summer basically june through labor day so at some point in the summer you will have trouble on the g train i think we can say that with certainty at this point interesting and that's still the only line that doesn't go into manhattan right other than little little shuttles in a few places right that's right that's right um it's a crucial line especially folks getting from uh between brooklyn and queens um you know, until the the governor fully invests in the IBX, which we've heard about. Um, She did include some funding for it in her budget, by the way, or her proposed budget to to keep that going, to continue the studies, to, you know, keep that project rolling. So another another big thing I'm keeping an eye on. Sasha in Manhattan. You're on WNYC. Hi, Sasha. Hi. Uh, Nice to talk to you, Brian. Stephen, so I have this proposal. Instead of trying to keep people out and spending millions to do that, what about letting more people in who want to pay for the subway, which is people with disabilities like me. I use a wheelchair, but because of the broken elevators, a lot of us can't ride. And every time we can't ride, guess what happens? That creates more paratransit users, accessoride users, and that system runs at $700 million a year. We had to file a class action lawsuit seven years ago to demand the elevators 
have a standard that they work more often, and MTA and Governor Hochul are still fighting that in court and spending millions to say, no, the elevators work well enough, but they don't. They need to settle that case and commit to a standard to have the elevators be working. And finally, let all of us ride so we can pay. We want to pay. We want to pay the fares, but we can't ride the subway, and that's not good for anybody. Yeah, although some people listening might say, why counterpose this with the crackdown on fare evasion? If more people pay their fares, then there'll be more money in the system to make it easier to persuade them to make more stops more accessible, no? Fair, but the problem is when the elevators don't work, if you get more people like Zach, for instance, who might say the service is, is, is no good because it's not just disabled people, it's, you know, people who see strollers getting carried up and down the stairs, luggage getting carried up and down the stairs, and that leads to a feeling that the system is just, you know, falling apart. Whereas if those elevators actually work, people would feel like, okay, they're giving me a service I, I'm willing to pay for. Sasha, thank you very much for your call. Ben in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC. Hi, Ben, with a different revenue-raising idea, I think. Hey, Ben. Oh, hello. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> I was drinking my coffee <clears throat> and eating a cookie. Yes. Um, and, and what are you going to have for lunch, Ben? I'm glad you gave us the full... I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to make the New York City subway system rich by getting them to sell advertising on the back of the Metro card, Metro card. Is there something sacred about that Metro card, yellow and black or white uh, logo? No, it could be a little teeny part of it. It could be marked in a hundred different ways. They should sell advertising like France Telecom. Do you, do you remember the old days in Paris uh, when they had all those phone cards? And the, the companies selling advertising really went out of their way to to um, to make cool advertising. Yeah, interesting. And, ben, I'm going to leave it there for time because we're running out of time. I don't remember the old days in Paris. But uh, <laughs> oh, the Metro cards are going away, right? They would have to buy advertising for the most part on our phones and credit cards um, or, or, or on, on Omni cards. Some people do use the Omni cards. Right, right. I have asked the MTA in the past because when they have those very limited edition run Metro cards, like they have like the hip hop cards and Supreme did a thing and David Bowie and the people were like buying Metro cards like crazy just to get one of these, you know, limited edition cards. It's like, why don't you guys just do this all the time? It looks really good for you. But I think they, 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 they don't go, they try not to go overboard with it and abuse it just for special occasions. But I, I don't know why they don't just do regular advertising on it. I once saw a Subway Series Metro card. Have you ever seen that one? It has a Mets logo and a Yankees logo on it. <laughs> but I don't know if the teams had to pay for that or they just thought it was cool so people would buy it. Subway Series. All right, our transportation reporter, Stephen Nesson, thanks for bringing us up to date on a whole bunch of different things today. Thanks as always. Thanks for having me, Brian.